It's Monday the 26th of August 2019. My name's Alex Elliott and you're listening to The Week in Iceland, the programme that asks what's been happening in Iceland this week, why it happened and why we should care. I'm joined this week by Jesper Christensen, a cognitive semiotician specialising in communication, meaning and gender. Welcome. Thank you. Uh, you're all by yourself this week, um, so plenty to talk about. Uh, hopefully we'll get through it just fine. For example, all the Nordic leaders met in Iceland last week alongside their German counterpart Angela Merkel. Climate change and the Arctic were top of the agenda. Iceland's Prime Minister also made world headlines last week for her decision not to be in the country when US Vice President Mike Pence visits next week, where the top sorry, where the topic will also be the Arctic, although this time with a defence and security emphasis. Culture Night took place on Saturday, and getting on for 200,000 people flooded the streets of Reykjavik, it is believed. Talking of culture, new funding has been announced for medieval manuscript research over the next five years. The new plastic bag law comes into effect in a few days' time. And just a few bullet points to finish off. Postage stamps could be a thing of the past. Tax records were made public and show who the big earners are. And police conduct around festivals has been under the microscope. So, where would you like to begin? Should we just take it from the top and work our way down? or? Oh, that's very ordered. Yeah, why not? Go on. I'm Danish, that's how it works. <laughs> so, yeah, the, uh, the Nordic... Leaders meeting, including, of course, the Prime Minister of Denmark, mm-hmm. um, all here last week. Yeah. It's a big spectacle. I didn't notice it at all, so <laughs> that's, that's my life. I was in London last week, so that might have been some, has something to do with it. Yeah. I see. But, uh, yeah, and Angela Merkel is uh, is showing up and showing an interest in being part of a Nordic conversation between the countries, which I find interesting. Mm. Um, so her state visit, if I understand this correctly, her state visit was planned a couple of months ago, but the drop-in at the uh, meeting on, was it the meeting on climate change in the Ar- Arctic? That were, was the topic of it, yeah. The, yeah. The, the Nordic meeting, the Nordic leaders, sorry, have their summer meeting every year, and it was in Iceland this time. Yeah. Um, so that was the topic, yeah. Yeah, I, I find that a... a I find it uh, interesting when you look at the the recent spat over Greenland by the U.S. president. Um, yeah, and that Germany and the German chancellor is the, the one of the strongest EU countries and certainly one of the, the biggest leaders of the free world at the moment. Especially in environmental matters. Especially in environmental mm-hmm. matters. Uh, is uh, is sticking her her toe in, which I appreciate. I think there's a yeah. I think it's very positive, and I think if if, if it uh, if it uh, enhances our uh, our um, Nordic cooperation and our cooperation with uh, Germany and the rest of the EU, that would mm. be marvelous. I think the Nordic country, countries represent. Uh, like how different countries can work together very positively. Like we're a bit of a, it would be an overstatement to say we're mini EU within the EU because we're not only EU for first and second. It's not really the same thing, but we have a a, a big history of cooperation and and uh, and showing up for each other. Mm. Except you know, Denmark and Sweden having had the most wars of any two countries in the world. But if we look past that, which we have been doing for a while now. Uh, couple of years, yeah. couple hundred years. Um, uh, we certainly f- uh, 
represent a, a very positive cooperation. And it would be great if that model could be uh, adapted by some some of the EU countries, possibly. Or mm. yeah, I mean, there's a quite a strong sort of Nordic connection, or at least a, a feeling that they want to be included among the Baltic states, isn't there? Especially Estonia. They view themselves more as a Nordic nation than a Baltic nation. Yeah, sorry. Sometimes. Yeah. And that is one way to expand that sort of influence, that sphere. Definitely, definitely. That would one, be very positive. One thing I found really interesting from this meeting last week is that they say that we've come to a joint position that by the year 2030, the course is for the Nordics to be the most sustainable region in the world. Mm-hmm. Which is great. Mm-hmm. But can you, which which region of the world is more sustainable than the Nordics right now? Yeah, and here's the word sustainable, and I'm sort of not uh, completely clear what they mean in that sense. Do they mean environmentally sustainable, like zero CO2 output or CO2 neutral neutrality? Mm. Um I think they were talking about sustainable development. Yeah, then I'm not really sure who who is more at the moment. No. Uh, yeah. <laughs> it's a, it's I mean, it's odd. a wording. Obviously, getting more green and more sustainable is a very good thing. But the wording of that, I found a little bit like... Eh. Yeah, and I think it fails to recognize that uh, there is more work to be done. I mean, it does say, like, we should be the most, but we, as we just said, we are probably the most sustainable country in, in the moment and we're certainly still over polluting we're still the the way the climate crisis is at the moment uh we really should be much harsher harsher in our language and set higher goals i feel mm. honestly and and denmark being a state that is probably among the worst among the, the nordic countries uh having shown a lackluster performance in the uh, international environmental meetings that's been going on. The Danish, I think it was the Minister of Agriculture, won an award for doing the least, like the mucking, the mucking one of the awards, not the good one. Um, So, uh, yeah, we can definitely stand to be harsher in our language rather than just saying, yeah, we hope to be the most sustainable, like, no, we have specific goals and we're not doing enough. Mm. Sometimes the Nordic region gets off lightly because of its image, I think. Yeah, people are all like clean air and clean water and whatever, like a lot of cultural capital, equality, uh, gender equality and that sort of thing gets unfairly elevated uh, as like, ooh, you can see how it's working. It's like, it's not working. It's working better than most places, but there's still a lot of work to be done on all fronts. Mm. Uh, And... I would like us to stop congratulating each other and patting each other on the back and start actually taking this work seriously. Which is one thing that Angela Merkel said. She said uh, Germany, she put her hands up and said Germany hasn't been taking this, the Arctic seriously enough Mm -hmm. and that will change. Yeah. So she says. And I think the Nordic countries haven't either. Uh, Hmm. And we're going to be talking about Greenland, I can promise you that. But... um, but our whole relationship there is rather condescending. Um, and we tend to think of the Arctic as, like, just if we talk about an environment rather than culture, but we, do, we don't think, tend to think about it that much, and we don't think, I think, uh, we don't tend to think about it that much, and we don't tend to 
take it very seriously as a as a fairly important region that is going to face some of the biggest climate uh, changes. And mm-hmm. there was uh, one of the biggest uh, instances of climate uh, of of climate disasters happen in the, in the Arctic where we have climate refugees. And I don't know where, the, I think it's in Alaska. Uh, people had to be moved and had to be um, relocated because of climate change. Mm. Um, and there's certainly going to be more, um, but the Arctic is going to change a lot in the next decades. And we need to really be on top of that. Yeah. Yeah. The Arctic also likely to be the topic of conversation when Mike Pence, U.S. Vice President, visits Iceland uh, next week on mm-hmm. the 4th of September. Uh, Katrin Jakobsdottir, Iceland's Prime Minister, will not be here. Mm-hmm. Although I should add, there is talk this weekend of him possibly extending his stay so mm. that they can meet when she gets back. Mm. So that's <laughs> possibly another topic to go on to. But uh, yeah, there... The, uh, the the emphasis is very much on security and defense mm-hmm. um, because the U.S. has very strong interests in the Arctic, doesn't it? Yes. Uh, so I feel like you're serving up to talk about Denmark and Greenland. Little, um, maybe. Yeah. Um, actually, I'm just going to like take one step back and talk about the, the snub, the prime minister uh, not deciding to go forward with, with a meeting uh, uh, away from Iceland and not being there for Mike Pence, mm. uh, Mike Pence's meeting. I find it, I just, I just found it an interesting little power thing, not her power move, but he is ostensibly the vice president of another country. She is the prime minister. She's more important than he is. If you look at status, if you look at positions within the country. Mm. Uh, and he's still, I believe, going to meet with the foreign minister and he's going to meet with, um, probably going to meet with the president of this country, the actual leader of the country. So why are people getting messed up, uh, like getting uh, agitated? Uh, and But again, I can share, I'm not ignorant to the fact that he is more powerful. But it's just, a, it's a, I just found that a little bit funny. Mm. Um, like she, she's busy. She can't be taking me- meetings with, you know, whatever delegate is chosen to, to show up in, in Iceland. And talk about, I mean, was it a snub or wasn't it? She says it wasn't. Yeah. Other people say, oh, other people are very much applauding her for it, for yeah. what they say is, is a deliberate power move. Yeah. Um, obviously, if they do meet after all, that's all a moot point. Uh, um, that is a moot point, yeah. And it will uh, take the teeth out of her her uh, her move a little bit. But mm. um, Although making him stay longer. That is also, yeah. But... What I found interesting, there was uh, there's the the 16 year old environmental uh, environmental activist Greta something from Thunberg, Thunberg, yeah, from Sweden, mm-hmm. yeah, said that in a in a thing that she and I just read the headlines here that she saw no point in meeting with Trump on environmental issues, and I feel like there's sort there's sort of uh, I can certainly see the same argument uh, for this. There's no point in in meeting with Pence because we're not going to get anywhere um and there's there's definitely a power move there's also like this very interesting thing right now with cultural capital uh, i feel where it's like meeting with pence meeting with anyone with anyone from the, the trump administration actually doesn't give your it doesn't give you cultural capital the way it used to meeting with the u.s president it actually costs you more i think you don't you are 
essentially uh, simply uh, verifying his, uh, <laughs> I was about to say claim to the throne, his his presidency, while it does, while it just makes you look bad because every leader who's met with Trump look ended up looking bad in some way, shape, or form. Uh, Theresa May got mocked. There was all sorts of handholding and weird shit going mm. on. Sorry. Um, um, and it's just it's just not necessarily in anybody's interest to no. actually meet with the with the members of the U.S. government. Of course, it's worth saying that he does have his supporters around the world, and there are people in Iceland who yeah are very supportive of Trump and and mm-hmm. his principles. And you know that you could argue that they have the same uh, position, the same office, therefore the same authority mm-hmm. as, as any other president. Yeah. presidential team before them and that we should be meeting with them and being constructive and there should be and I, i'm definitely in favor of conversation and i'm not i'm not entirely sure that this move was a wise move i can certainly see it and i can understand it in many on many levels but conversation is often better than non-conversation i feel mm. so i'm not entirely ignorant of that fact but it's um it's a very complicated see to navigate uh the current like that current relationship between uh with, with all of us and the u.s mm. yeah the international um press coverage of this it was quite significant actually because people love a story about a snub mm-hmm. um and they always seem to link it into this denmark uh, mm-hmm. greenland trump spat yeah why they're, they're clearly different uh because the outcome is the same, I'd guess. Because uh, it's someone defying the U.S. And it's uh, a, it, they have the same shape, shape. A meeting is failing to happen. Mm. Someone is not showing up. The fact that the roles are reversed is interesting, but not really that uh, important. Someone is not being met. Um, yeah. I think that's the, that's the link. And mm. it, it shows like this very that there is poor communication between different members of the Nordic countries and and, uh, and the Trump administration. Mm. That's yeah. a that's I think that's a very fair point to make. There's the the two regions, the two sort of sets of governments, the Nordic governments and the current U.S. administration. They're very very far apart on 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 most issues. Yeah, you could say. Yeah, um, but they have to work together because the environment, the Arctic defense the mm-hmm. rise of russia or the resurgence of russian power in the region yeah these are very much now questions that can't wait two years down the line so. that's very true mm. but overall the nordic countries have higher cultural capital than the u.s like you say like we get a lot of we can do we can do no wrong in the world's eyes quite often i feel so it's just very it does give us the position to make these sort of moves sometimes i think or at least the the government seem to think that they can. <laughs> mm. It's a very polarized world. So yeah, even if is. that isn't true everywhere, I'm sure it isn't. Um, like I say, Trump does have strong supporters around the world. Mm-hmm. But it's yeah, people are on one side or the other, aren't they? Yeah, Completely. And there are definitely people in Denmark who would support the Greenland sale uh, because, like, like Trump. Uh, mentioned uh, why wouldn't they they bought territory before and they bought territory from Denmark before the West Indies were sold to America 
in 19-something, so fairly historically recently. Um, But we have changed now. There is a different conversation now about colonialism and the sort of attitude you can take towards indigenous countries, indigenous nations, and people who are living in in established communities. Um, Like, it's not Greenland, it's not just a, it's not a, it's not just a landmass, it's a culture and a populace, and that's very, it's very different. It's not a giant real estate deal, to use Trump's own words. No. I came up with a very poor apolitical analogy, which is for what he did when making the suggestion, which is going into the Louvre and putting a bid in on the Mona Lisa. It, it completely removes all of history and culture, um, and it's... People say that this has been met with, uh, with uh, like people find it, people in Denmark find it insulting, or they are laughing at it. But I feel like insult is just—it's not an insult. He didn't—he didn't make an off-color joke. He did something that is basically unthinkable, something that no one should feel entitled to do. Which, mm. like, it is—it is, yeah, it's unthinkable what he did. I mean, you could argue that it. It's thinkable, you know. Mm-hmm. Why not have the suggestion? But then, when the answer is so strongly no, that's a ridiculous idea. Don't get offended by it. That's the. I mean, that's the real crux of it, and that's where it really pinged on my on my radar because I figured it was it was a suggestion for mutual cooperation in the region because they, you know, there've been talk about uh, about military bases on Greenland before and different sort of. There's been a lot of interaction. Uh, between America and Denmark and Greenland uh, uh, on, for instance, defense. So I figured it was a move within a conversation, a ridiculous move, but it's a ridiculous person making it, so why not? But when it's, when the conversation stops after that, mm. that is that is amazing. <laughs> that is unbelievable. Um, yeah. And something that was never, that I don't feel think has been brought up, although I haven't covered this much, is um, that what what would that deal entail? Because those are, would, would Greenland become a U.S. territory? Because the U.S. already have territories that they're, you know, mistreating. They have Puerto Rico, they have um, Guam, where, and they have many others, including the West Indies, uh, where people are not, don't have representation in the Senate or anywhere else, they can't vote for president, but they can be drafted in, or they can't be drafted. They can enter the military, for instance. Mm. They are second-class citizens because they don't have representation. Uh, and that any country should consign uh, a part of its populace to that is frankly unthinkable. And even if there is talk of making it the state, then what about then again, what about Greenland? Should they start learning English in school rather than Danish? They're already learning English, obviously. But um, and what about social issues? What about the high suicide rate in in Greenland? How 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 what's America going to do do for that? Mm-hmm. Like, what are, what are you going to do for this territory that you're offering to take on? So it was a thoughtless and and colonialist move and. Uh, yeah, and to say that it's insulting is is a vast understatement. It was unthinkable. It has no place in the conversations we have about countries right now.
Mm. I think that's a very well worded way to uh, finish that section. <laughs> <laughs> so, starting on the 1st of September, that's this coming Sunday,、uh, it will be prohibited, not any more allowed to give away free carrier bags、yes. in Iceland. This is part of the, the, the plastic bags law that was passed in May.、Um, generally, people took it very favourably.、Mm-hmm. Obviously, single use plastic is a major issue at the moment. Yeah. And it's coming in on Sunday. I mean, maybe not a great deal to discuss about it, but people should be aware. Yeah. It's a, it's a good move.、Uh, yeah, less single serve plastic. We should start looking at, plas- at water bottles next, maybe, and, and look at what's happening there.、Um, I've been feeling really bad. I've been having a, a sort of a. You know,、um, spritzer fascination. I'm, I'm enjoying a little、Carbonated、sparkling water, water.、Mm. Uh, these couple of days, and I've been feeling really bad for the plastic I've been generating.、Um, but more on the, on the like, plastic band. So, because I'm in academia, I work in a,、uh, one of the tourist stores <laughs> on the Havea, and、uh, we started selling, selling plastic bags rather than giving them away.、Um, and this is going to make my life a little bit more difficult. but That is what it is because oftentimes when people, people don't understand you or don't hear you, when you ask if they want to buy a,、uh, buy a bag,、uh, then you just, then you just end up kind of get a bag and you just hand them on because nobody's going to haggle over 20 kroner.、Mm. Uh, but I will no longer be able to do that, which is fine.、Uh, and now I have the, the law on my side and can say, I am not permitted to give you a plastic bag or a paper bag or any other sort of bag without you paying for it,、mm. which I like. Yeah, this is actually the, the implementation of this law has got two parts to it. The first one is that no bags can be given away. That's from this week.、Uh, that's all types of bags, not just plastic.、Mm-hmm. And then from the 1st of January 2021, plastic bags will be out of the question completely.、Mm-hmm. And multi purpose and biodegradable bags will be、uh, the only option. So it's an it's it's extended implementation period, which is good. Get people a chance to, to get used to the situation, but、mm-hmm. uh, generally popular, I think. Yeah. So, not that controversial. No. Which is good because the time in the program is running out quite quickly. Okay.、Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and the next thing、time. down the list was、um, let me see. Oh, we missed Culture Night, didn't we? Yeah. We missed that section. That was on Saturday. Yeah.、Um, seemed to go very well.、Uh, there were certainly a lot of people.、Mm. They were talking about. Getting on for not too much short of 200,000 people.、Mm-hmm. Um, it's often related to the weather. It was a great day on Saturday,、mm-hmm. and that helped.、Uh, yeah, it's a, it's a wonderful event, I think, celebrating Reykjavik's birthday in a, in a, in a very accessible way.、Uh, all the events are free, hundreds of them, and then culminating in concerts and fireworks、mm-hmm. in the evening. The one question that's come up from this, though, is that there's a quite a strong anti firework lobby right now. Okay.、Um, and there may or may not be fireworks next year. All right. Personally, I hope there will be. What are their issues? Pollution. Fair. Scaring the animals. Yeah. Unnecessary disturbance kind of thing. Okay. I mean, it's not specifically about Culture Night, it's more about New Year's Eve. Yeah, yeah. When this is going on for two weeks or one week or two weeks and just fireworks everywhere. I、um, feel like that's entirely fair.、Mm. And there's a lot of, there was no 
for Culture Night, it was a organized display by the whatever organizers or city or whatever. Yeah, mm-hmm. right. Uh, it's more, I think, I I have a hard time getting my uh, getting up in arms over over that um, because I feel like well if we can well, okay we can do without firework displays but I think the bigger issue is people doing it on New Year's and doing it for those weeks uh, where you end up sending up a lot of of pollution a lot of CO two and I mean certainly in the weeks between Christmas and New Year's where you have fireworks and you can't really prepare for it and your animals get scared and it's not really it's not all that nice so maybe it should just be this is going to sound controversial but just the government doing their displays and then just leave it at that on the other hand Mm -hmm. i feel i feel like this extreme level of fireworks is one of the best things for some people me included i have to say you love firework i do i do and it's such a unique... I think it's one of the reasons so many people come here for New Year's mm. as tourists. It's because okay. this reputation has gone far and wide. Okay, cultural yeah. capital, yeah. It's an interesting question. It is. Uh, but yeah, Culture Night went well. Uh, the police said so as well. There was the usual problems of teenage drinking and a few fights here and there, but they were... Yeah, a friend told me it's the, it. it's the biggest uh, teenagers drinking from their backpacks day. So, That's good for them. <laughs> Obviously, the police cannot turn a blind eye to that. No. Uh, so what they do, they just take it and pour it in the street. Marvelous. And hand them the empty bottle back. There you go. Don't do it again. So. Well done. <laughs> yes. Um, where are we? What do you like? To, we've probably only got time for one more item. What would you uh, like to go? What with? about the the medieval manuscripts? Yes, this is a nice one. So 35 million kroner a year extra to medieval manuscript research over the next five years, mm-hmm. um, which is good. It is very good. The, I have friends who work there, so <laughs> so that's one thing. But again, it, it allows me to talk about Denmark and say that we completely neglect. Uh, I think we still have part of the collection. If we don't, then the Copenhagen uh, Department of I don't know if it's, there probably isn't a Department of Icelandic Studies, but the department overseeing Icelandic uh, and uh, those manuscripts and analyzing those manuscripts is shutting down or has been shut down, doesn't receive funding, uh, which is abhorrent mm. for Denmark, who chose to take ownership of the manuscript for so long uh, and choosing not to enter into the conversation about them and the research on them, which is, by the way, international, which is massive. There is a Icelandic Twitter, which isn't just the, the Icelandic uh, uh, language Twitter. It's the medievalists who study these manuscripts, who talk, and they're from all over the world. They love these manuscripts. So, yeah, definitely. And hopefully, hopefully this extra money is going to shed new light on it's not just uh, more money for the same things that are going on already. They're talking no. about DNA research. Which is exciting. Which is exciting. That's going to show, hopefully, exactly where and when and how they were written, mm-hmm. like with some quite accurate detail. And then uh, the what's the word? Um, chemical analysis of the inks used yeah. will hopefully shine a light on what trade links Iceland had at the time and where mm-hmm. the ink was coming from and what it was made from. Oh yeah. So nobody thinks about that. Yeah, it's yeah. very exciting. Uh, it's led by the. Um, 
medieval centre at Reykholt, which is um, also interesting because they're putting the the responsibility for this. The uh, yeah, the responsibility for this is is now outside of the capital city. Hmm. So that's part of. So they're talking about you know strengthening Icelandic culture and heritage, strengthening Icelandic language, and strengthening economies outside of the city, especially for educated university-style um, positions. So mm-hmm. it's ticking all those boxes. That's marvellous. Mm. Power move. Yeah. Very good. Power move. <laughs> and, yeah, wait and see what happens. Yeah. With terms of the results. Oh. I lied then. We did have time for one more thing. Okay. Uh, what do we got? Uh, police conduct? Yeah, so drug searches at the Secret Solstice Music Festival in June hmm. um, without a court order. Yeah. They caused some problems. Yeah. And then um, a known protester who was arrested at Pride yeah. um, uh, two weeks ago, basically for being a known protester. Yeah. Not because she was protesting. Mm-hmm. Um, and so the head of the police has been called up towards the to the Human Rights Council of the city of Reykjavik yeah. to explain what was going on. And, I mean, there weren't many answers, apart from we're always very careful to preserve people's human rights. And Yeah. That's, uh, what's her name? Sigrid uh, Björk Guðjónsdóttir, Chief of Police. Yeah. Mm. I think I've heard her speak at an, an event, and I'm, you know, I, I'm hopeful. Uh, she seemed very confident, and she seemed very compassionate. Um, and I'm sure, and I'm, or I certainly hope that it will turn out that these, that the police and the police officers in question were need additional training and need uh, to better understand what the, how to handle situations and and keep themselves in check and um, because uh, yeah she she seemed she seems she seems very genuine to me mm. certainly from this one interaction I've had with her where she talked about uh, new police efforts for uh, combating domestic violence and seeing it more as a social issue where the police plays a, a very important part rather than simply a criminal issue uh, so uh, yeah so I'm I'm putting a lot of a lot of hopes on her but um, yeah hopefully it will turn out that this this is something that can be resolved yeah, definitely. Yeah. I mean, the the head of the Human Rights Council there, and she made, I think it was a really good point. She said the police is the agency in our society that has a monopoly on the right to wield force. Yeah. And it is therefore very important that they are conscious of this right that mm-hmm. they have been given by the public and use the power carefully. Yeah, when I was reading that, I was like, that is a very good way of framing it. Mm. It is a marvellous way of framing it. But uh, yeah, um, because it is, yeah, it is what it is. The only ones who could do violence. Well, the time has a habit of flying, and this week is no exception. We are officially out of time. Uh, the Week in Iceland will return to roof.is. Sorry, I'll try that again. Roof.is forward slash English to Roof English on Facebook, to the Roof app, and as a podcast, including on Spotify, next Monday afternoon, the 2nd of September. A massive thank you to Jesper Christensen for absolutely acing it as the challenge of being the week's only guest. And thanks too to Lydia Gretasdottir for running the studio. We like to finish the show on the number one song from the Raustour chart, and this week that's Whitney Houston featuring Kygo and the song Higher Love. Bye for now. Think about it. There must be a higher love down in the heart or hidden in the stars above. Without
nothing 